in your sight tonight. We ask that you bless us with the understanding of your love in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask this evening the grace even to feed from you tonight that you make available amongst us in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for every heart here tonight that your grace will be sufficient upon each and every heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, bring our heart to a place uh, of meekness tonight in the name of Jesus. Help us to learn because you said in your words that receive with meekness the engrafted word. Uh, Father, we have come. We ask that you help our heart to be meek this night in the name of Jesus. Let us come into loneliness of heart even to hear your word in the name of Jesus. Grace us with your presence. Let our heart drink of your wine. Make us drunken of your love. Father, make us intoxicated of your love tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask for grace. Father, we ask let grace be made available. Father, as you said in your word, grace and peace be multiplied. We ask that grace and peace will be multiplied here this evening. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed and worshipped. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say hi to your neighbor. Neighbor, neighbor, you're welcome. It's good to see you. I think we can actually close the windows. It's okay. So we can actually close the window. Okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I welcome each and everyone here tonight. I hope we are not tired. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And if you are tired, receive strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I know this this evening too. Yeah, I'm looking. Ah, I'm tired this evening. What's going on? Amen. Amen. But the Lord is our strength. Amen. The Lord is our strength. Amen. Amen. It is always a wonderful time in this presence. Uh, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we worship you. Let us open to the book of Romans, chapter 8. 
Amen. How many of us love that text? It's like it's now becoming fresh these days. Amen. Um, thank you. Open, Father. Open, open, open your word. Let your word open unto us tonight. Open, 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 open your word. Open, open, open. Open, open. Give entrance. Entrance. Give entrance into your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, yeah. entrance. Father, we ask for entrance. Fear, Open, 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 open it, open. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Father, we thank you. Shatter of shit. Forta, a priff, east onion. Zomita, 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 Zomita. Fenoe, Enlon, Pofeca, Tista, Pofeca, Tista, Epophilia, Telima, Brands, Sophila, Cromdia, Endia, 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 Ending, Ending, Ten, 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 Ending, poor day at Calvita, Fenia, Suta, Emproyan, Fair. Thank you, Father. Masita. Does anybody have interpretation? Messiah. It, I believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, does anybody have any question from the last uh, last meetings before we continue? Mm? Any question? Mm. 
Amen. So we all understand. And there's no question. Mm. Amen. Or oh, we just don't like asking questions. Yeah. So which of the, isn't there's no question we don't like asking questions? Which one? Yeah? Nobody wants to talk now. I'm not I'm not asking question now. <laughs> Amen. See, I'm not asking question now. I'm just saying who asked question. Yeah. And before I'm, I used to ask, ah, okay, remember remind us last week, you know, maybe that's the exam. So nobody don't want to quiz me too. Okay. No wahala. Just we all say we are okay. We're all okay. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. My heart is indicting a matter. I just don't know the matter yet. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Uh, there's, a, there's a matter in my heart that they are writing. I guess I'll just flow as the Holy Spirit gives all trans. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, the only thing that is standing out in my heart is entrance, uh, particularly entrance. I've just perceived there's an entrance in, in the spirit. I believe they've been actually ministering to us when it comes when it comes to entrance that they've been giving us. I think we are still in that season um, that entrance has been given to us. Amen. Yeah. Um, we are entering in the spirit uh, some blessings and one of the things that this blessing is doing uh, in our midst is to, I think I've mentioned it before, to establish truth in our heart. Um, when this kind of thing is happening, one of the things we begin to see is the increase in the oil for fellowship. Uh, when you are fellowshipping, there will be an increase on the, in the oil. Amen. Amen. Uh, how many of us know that there is no fellowship without oil? Mm -hmm. hmm? No fellowship will take place without what? Fire, manata, without oil. No fellowship will take place without oil. Oil is the vehicle of fellowship. Mm. And when I say oil, I'm talking about the anointing. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? I'm talking about the anointing. The anointing. Um, it is the anointing that begins to move uh, or quicken our environment or we will begin to experience the quickening spirit that is beginning to, that is beginning to quicken us uh, with, resp with respect to Christ's life. What we begin to see is an increase in the oil and we need it. How many of us know that we need oil? We need oil to function. Without anointing, there is no access in the spirit. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know. Father, help me. Let me not wrestle with you this night. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you know, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's very easy when they, when they give you the plan. So this is the plan. Oh, yeah, take, oh, yeah. Okay, let's talk about talk about the uh, Holy Spirit today. You know, it's very easy. 
isn't it? Uh, but when it comes to, I guess this is also the is also a, a demonstration of the life of God. When I say life of God means when it comes to revelation, uh, you you don't know what you shall be. Amen. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it shall be, but it shall be what revealed yeah. in this. Uh, what revelation does is revelation begins to reveal God's life. Yeah? Mm. There's there's an idea. There's a way we are arranged. Honestly, there's a way we are arranged around God's things, even you know, normally, whereby we already know, we already arrange. In short, you might even have a plan in your head. Okay, okay. When I want to talk to this person, I'll just say John one. Okay, and then I add John two, add to it. And then by the time I finish, the person will understand the light of God. Amen. And just in that regard. But whenever one wants to do their thing, they will tell you, throw away all that one. That's not what we are saying tonight. Amen. Uh, and it takes grace to actually follow the spirit. And uh, it takes strength to, because it's very easy to go and look for your own thing. Yes, Amen. Many of us are blessed by what heaven has been saying to us so far uh, until today. Okay. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you. And I believe he's still, he's still in line with what we've been studying so far. Now we've been talking about Zion, right? Uh, but Zion was not initially the the focus. Mm-hmm. I think we just branched and I talked about Zion. Um, one of the things we've been talking about is the the process or the journey in the spirit. Our journey in the spirit, and we begin to talk about the path of a believer. And our path is to actually climb Zion. And on Saturday, they begin to tell us that it is important that we climb Zion, that we make sure that we are climbing Zion. Amen. Because there is something upon Zion that is for all believers. Amen. And what is upon Zion is not something you can see naturally. It's not something you can just come to. It's not something you can just take. Amen. Um, there is a provision upon Zion that every believer must journey to. And the reason why most of us we don't journey really is because we are not seeing that that light on top of the mountain. Amen. Mm-hmm. I hope when I'm saying Zion now it's not too far fetched, is it? Eh? Because I, I, and that's why I explained. When I say Zion, we should all remember or just know okay, journey is a process and then you get there on top of the mountain, and then by the time you get there, you have already moved, you have journeyed in the spirit, amen, you've, you've gained stature, because every step you take upon Zion is actually a step of stature, right, you are growing up as you are climbing Zion, amen, amen. so there's a provision upon Zion, and the provision upon Zion is Christ, however, there is, what is coming from Zion is a calling. 
right? So there is a calling that is happening upon Zion, and that calling is to take men from where we are to journey upward. Um, when we begin to journey, or let me put it this way, we don't journey initially when we get born again. We don't journey. Uh, we are prepared to journey. Or the whole process is actually journey. It's a journey in the whole, the whole journey. When we get born again, we are journeying and journeying and journeying and journeying. Uh, but it doesn't mean we are immediately upon Zion. Mm-hmm. Like I was explaining on Saturday. When we get born again, you know, there's that scripture we all, we all quote, upon Mount upon, uh, Zion there shall be deliverance, right? The reason why we are quoting that way, and I think I was also explaining that in our, in our mind, when we say upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and the children of Israel shall protect, uh, possess their possession, one of the reasons why we, we are thinking like that, because uh, when we think of that, we think of uh, God delivering us from our enemies, saving us from demons, and all those kind of things, or oppressions, right? One of the reasons why we are thinking that way is because uh, our eyes have not been opened, right? We don't have sight. Our eyes have not been opened to understand that we are not really on Zion. Just because we are a child of God doesn't mean we are upon Zion. Mm-hmm. To get to Zion, you have to journey there. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to Zion, eh, you are almost looking like Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So imagine a newborn, a newborn believer now saying, Upon Zion, upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. Ah, mm-hmm. upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. Mm-hmm. But it is upon it, it is not below it. Mm-hmm. Right? Upon Mount Zion, which means at the top, at the pinnacle mm-hmm. of Zion, is where, deliver- is where deliverance is. Amen. Amen. And that deliverance is to deliver, deliver us from our enemies. Right? It delivers us from our enemies. And when we say enemies, it's not, you know, Baba, Judean village. When we talk about enemies, they're talking about enemies of the soul. Mm-hmm. So when, by the time you get on Z- to the top of the Zion, you are delivered. Actually, what's happening is, as you're journeying, as you're journeying, deliverance is taking place. Then by the time you get upon Zion, there shall be full deliverance, and then you can now take your land, mm-hmm. take your possession, right? The, the possession there is the soul, mm-hmm. right? You shall take possession, but you won't just take possession of the soul. There will be things added to the soul, mm-hmm. right? So it's a whole lot of process taking place, which is why it is important for every child of God mm-hmm. to begin to access or begin to climb Zion. Right? If we are not climbing Zion, uh, we are not getting delivered. And most of us, we don't even know we need to climb. And that's the thing. We don't know that we need to climb the mountain. Amen. We don't know we need to climb the mountain at all. And then what, what actually initiates the thought to begin to climb is when you begin to enter into understanding. Amen. Without, let me, let me put this here. Romans, okay, that's not even Romans. Amen. Without coming into knowledge, there is no understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And without 
are coming into the, the only way you can come into understanding is you have to come into revelation. Right? When you come into revelation, you are now beginning the journey to begin to climb Zion. Amen. So when we get born again, what we are all doing when we get born again is we are walking with the Holy Ghost. Right? We are beginning to receive what we call the name of the Holy Ghost. Isn't it? We receive the name of the Holy Ghost and what that means is the name of the Holy Ghost is what we call the let me say the blessing of the Holy Ghost. Right? Now this blessing of the Holy Ghost is what a newborn believer come into. The moment we get born again, even you can have this blessing and you are still carnal. Right? You can have this blessing and you are still carnal. Because this one doesn't deal with carnality. This one prepares you. You know, you know because carnality or flesh is not something you can deal with by just getting born again alone. Right? Like I mentioned earlier, Oh, it's not really hard. Like I mentioned on few few meetings back, we were talking about flesh and say flesh is not easily seen. Flesh is not easily identified. Flesh is a hidden work. Actually, flesh is a work of understanding. Amen. It's a work of what? It's a work of understanding. Understanding is what makes sure flesh prevails. Amen. Understanding is what makes what? Flesh prevails. Right? And understanding is not just, not the way, when you talk about understanding, and when you talk about understanding, the way you, you think about it is, you know, naturally, oh, you read something, you know it and then you understand, right? There's a way we think about understanding spiritually is not like that. Mm-hmm. Understanding spiritually is actually is a, is a betting of a life inwardly, right? How do I put it? You notice mm-hmm. the way, let me, put, let me put it this way. Not the way a mechanic I'm just using mechanic. A mechanic, a mechanic, would learn how to fix cars, right? They will begin to teach the the mechanic will learn the theories of how to fix a car, right? Okay, when you want to when you want to fix, okay, let me just use the example of replacing the the tire. Now they will tell him to replace the tire, remove the nut. Okay, but don't remove the nut first too. Yeah, that one is. If you try that one, that one will be, will be awful. Okay, remove, remove the, remove the knot a little bit. Don't remove it fully. Loosen it a bit. Then jack up the car. And then, when you jack it up, then loosen all the bolt. Then take away the tire. Amen. But that is what 
theory, all things being equal, everything goes on perfectly and smoothly. No wahala. Now, when the mechanic is now practicing, right, you begin to apply the theory. But when he's applying the theory, at some point, some things will begin to misalign. Mm. Let's say, for example, he, got, he, or, he or she got a car that the boat is, has melted into the knot. You know, that kind of thing. So you can't just easily remove it or screw it. You need to now figure out a way mm. to loosen the boat so that you can get the tire out. Now, that one, they won't, mm. they, they, they won't teach them that one in theory. Right? They won't teach them that in theory. What they, what they taught them in theory is remove the knot, mm. put this back. Mm. Right? So they began to experience mm. different things. Mm. Right? Then what happens? Then they, they now began to practice, they use their own wisdom to begin to devise a solution. Right? So they, they needed wisdom. Mm. Right? Like we've been explaining that wisdom is the principal thing. Mm. Wisdom is the gatherer. Mm. Right? So out of a well inside the heart, mm. then they begin to gather different wisdom. How do I do this? Mm. Then wisdom begins to speak. Then what happens? They begin to carry, there's an, there's a, they begin to carry the profession in their heart. Right? That's, that's the reason why a, a mechanic that has been working for five years would totally be different from a brand new one that just graduated from school. Had no experience going to the mechanic shop. All he, all he did is just study how to be a mechanic in school. No practical, nothing. By the time you will see that there will be a huge difference between that one that, has, that have five years experience and the one that just graduated from school. What happened is over the years, the one that has been practicing has been using, has been using and using the knowledge, has been using knowledge, and not just the knowledge, they begin to acquire wisdom coupled with understanding. Amen. Amen. Now, when understanding is now fully better than them, is when they have been able to marry things. Right? So when they when when they are when they are looking when when the mechanic is looking at the whole car, it's not just seeing the wheel; they are seeing the whole body, mm. right? Now, when they see something easily, they can easily marry. Okay, this one goes there, right? That one is not is not is not just it's not it's not just mm. knowledge that does that. Or is or like a doctor. That is operating, or, or let, let's say a, a surgeon, right? When they say, what they teach them how to surgical, you know, clinical surgical operations, you go, they carry dead body. You know, with dead body, you can poke and poke and you know, even make mistakes, stab everywhere, nothing happens, right? But you're practicing. But when they now begin to move into the practice itself, they need, they now need wisdom. And understanding, right? You see, someone that is very good theoretically may be useless when it comes to practical application. Mm -hmm. Because what they will just, okay, 
like in the sense of the mechanic with the boat, right? Okay, remove, remove this thing. They'll just tell you, remove the boat. This thing, we can't remove it now. Then if they don't have no wisdom, nothing, they won't be able to solve the problem. You just leave it like that. They'll not be looking, okay, who, who knows how to? They'll now go and look for a more experienced mechanic. And the same thing goes for a surgeon, right? Mm. The surgeon that just knows a book. When you're now dealing with your life liver, and not book liver. There's the book liver, there's the book heart, there's the book head. Mm -hmm. But when you're not dealing with life material, mm -hmm. it's a different ballgame entirely, right? They'll most likely be useless, and they'll now need someone that is actually carrying the profession in their heart. When you say good doctors, when you say good doctors, they're not just doctors that just know book. They are doctors that are sound, and they are able to carry the profession. For them to be that good, they actually have to carry the profession in their heart. Okay? It's not like, you know, all those kind of doctors, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not like, uh, and let me just put it this way, I know, I know, ah, nursing is not here. It's not like nursing, whereby a nurse can just come, do your thing, go, you don't even have to, you just have to know, okay, one, two, three, take the drug, you know, okay, when you want to remove, there are specifics you know. When it comes to a surgeon, right, you can't just do that, cut this and, and no. What happens when blood pressure begins to increase? And what, what would you know, what should I do? What happens when things begin to fall apart, right? They will now need what we call a, an understanding in order to move through the, the realms of the body. Hmm? They need understanding. Mm. So understanding spiritually is not the way we see it. When you, when, you begin, when you begin to have understanding, you begin to see that there's a flow of life that begins to come to you. Mm. It's almost as if it's teaching you something else entirely. Mm. Mm. That's understanding. Yeah? You, can, you can add, you can, with wisdom, gather things and then understand will begin to give you insight beyond what you can see. Mm. It gives you insight beyond what you can see, what you can touch. It begins to move you into the spirit. Amen. And you won't get there except God begins to breathe on you mm. and begin to invite you to Zion. Amen. Amen. It's the invitation to Zion that begins to mm. place demand on the soul mm. to come up. Come up. Okay, you have been invited. And at that time, you must have journeyed to the base of the mountain. Amen. How you journey to the base of the mountain is you must have used the name of the Holy Ghost well. Now, what is the name of the Holy Ghost? Like I said earlier, they are the teachings around Holy Ghost. When you talk about the name of the Holy Ghost, in summary, it is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Right? When we want to talk about just the name of the Holy Ghost. Right? Does anybody understand when I'm saying the name? Is it clear? When I say the name of the Holy Ghost. Because when you say name now, is another thing. What does that mean, right? Like I'm explaining, it's just the things that surrounds 
the manifestation, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, right? Or the expression of the life of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And when we begin to see this expression, begin to see, uh, you know, get born again, then your conscience begin to get addressed, right? Then your conscience get ad- is ad- being addressed. You are learning not to, you know, lie again, right? You are learning not to be untruth, not not to be. Uh, dis- you are learning not to be dishonest, right? You are learning the virtues, and all those things they call it love and faith. That's what the scripture calls them. Like you are beginning to learn love and faith. All those things are love and faith too. And you know, love and faith is not something that ends. Love and faith graduate. Right? Love and faith, that's what we call the initial love and faith. But please help me quickly open Hebrews chapter 6 so that I'll just explain the name of the Holy Ghost a little bit. And then I'll journey further. Please help me read it again. I'll just go through one by one. Okay, go ahead. Therefore, Mm -hmm. leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Right? So let us, he said, let us go on unto perfection. So what's the beginning? Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. So which means, what, when we come, when we get born again, what we're actually dealing with are principles. Mm-hmm. Right? So they are principles. It's those, principles. it's those principles that gets us to the, to the feet of Zion. Hmm? Like we've been talking about Zion. It's those principles that get us to the what? To the feet of Zion. It's just a spiritual, it's a spiritual journey, like I've been saying. Is it? Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not far-fetched, eh? Mm-hmm. So it gets us to the to the base of Zion. So we get to the base of Zion, Zion, by learning principles. Now, what this principle means is that the principles of the doctrine of Christ, it, it means that you actually don't have access mm. to the light, to the true life itself yet. 
at that time, you don't have access to truth. You don't have access to what? Truth. Truth. You've not even encountered truth. You are beginning to come to truth. So you've not encountered truth. You know, when we get born again, you know there's that thing we always say, ah, you are born again, now you're not learning truth, right? Because God is truth. It doesn't mean we are learning truth. We don't have access to truth yet. Because truth, truth is not just something you get like that. Truth is the answer to the world in a man. Like I said earlier, when we get born again, there are things inside that we can't just get born again. We don't have we have we have zero truth. Although we have what they call the spirit of truth. Isn't it? Right? How be it, right? When the spirit of truth comes. So we have the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. But doesn't mean Holy Spirit is now beginning to show you truth. Because truth is reserved. Is reserved for those that are ready to climb Zion. Amen. In short, what they used to make Zion is truth. Right? So, but every time as you are climbing the mountain, what you actually use, what you are using as steps to climb Zion are truth steps. Hmm? Amen. So, we don't have access to truth. We are beginning to come to truth. Amen. Because truth, truth is, is far from the reach of a natural mind. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. A natural mind can't access truth. Why? Because truth is spiritual. When you talk about truth, right, you talk about spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're talking about Romans chapter 8. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Right? It's what? Life and peace. To be spiritually minded. Right? And then Ephesians tells us, Blessed be God, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So these things are in Christ. Heavenly places in Christ. And do you know that what makes Christ up is truth? Right? What when you want to look at Christ, what made him up all from the begin from the from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. Everything there is truth. Christ is truth embodied. Amen. Christ is what? Is truth embodied. So Christ is true. Christ is true. All that is inside Christ is or are truth. 
truth spec truth truth um truth particles let me use the word truth particles or truth um blessings all those blessings are truth amen so truth is not just oh take truth uh you because because you know Jesus you know truth right you know there's a way uh because you know Jesus you've come to know truth right you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you you know we used to quote that for unbelievers so that they can get born again you know once you know the truth the truth will set you free give your life to Christ but the, that knowing of truth and that freedom right knowing truth and freedom they are things they are not things reserved for unbelievers knowing truth are things that is reserved for believers you have to be a believer first for you to come and know truth for the truth to set you free right so the truth will set us free and what is it setting us free from like i said that deliverance upon zion it's setting us free from the life that is that as enslaved men right so there's a because you don't give freedom to someone that is free you give freedom to someone that is enslaved and here's this this is where it is now and we are all enslaved by our own lost we are enslaved by what by our own lust we are enslaved by sin and that is the greatest the greatest deception that everybody would just assume because i am a child of god i don't have sin when there i was i was gisting with someone and I, you know we were just talking and said ah, do you know you have sin in you i said no i don't have i don't have sin I have you no know, there's there's motion of sin but I don't have sin. Ah. I said okay, don't no problem. No wala. You don't have sin. Right? But and it's coming from the is is called extra there's that there's extravagant grace you know, that says okay because you are and, and that Romans 8 we are reading and there's therefore now no condemnation right to them right there's therefore no condemnation that we are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit right for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death right it has made us free from the law of sin so they quote that to emphasize that but that is that doesn't mean even that when we you know we went through that scripture too and that that doesn't mean what we are free we are not the the scene that is inside is not something that just believing to become a christian would take away right there has to be other believings that must take place and that believing is called being born again it's called being born again so that initial born again is the first step there's still being born that's 
you have to be you'll be born and born and born and born and born again and again and again and again and again. Hmm? Until you are fully born. Then what, what how will you be born? You'll not be born eh, of God. You'll be what? Born of God. What happened is when we get born again, we are adopted. We are what? So we are adopted. I know an adopted child is not a real child. Mm. Mm? But they can make an adopted child a real child. So we are just, when we get born again, we are just adopted, but we are not born of the same blood. Mm? Is a foreign blood, but they are just adopted the child. Like someone will get, in, uh, uh, you know what, they've not given birth. Let us go and look for a child. Let us uh, we adopt. You know that that child is not their blood. Right? But when you give birth to someone, you, you give birth to someone by, your, by mm-hmm. his blood. Your blood will be running inside the child itself, mm-hmm. right? And that is what God wants to do to us. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to change our blood so that he can put his blood inside. Amen. So like I said, let me quickly jump back to truth. Right? So Christ is truth embodied. Christ is truth all over. Head to toe. Head to toe. Christ is truth. Amen. Let's open the book of John. Chapter 1. Oh, chapter 3. Not first John, just John, not first John. John. Building myself the only begotten of God. Is, is it three? Hold on. Oh no, it's not that one. Sorry, I'm just looking for it quickly. Hmm? Thirty. Mm, I'm in chapter one. Okay. I've seen part, but there's another one I'm looking for. This one, someone will help me read it. Uh, just John chapter 1, verse 15. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For he was before me. Mm-hmm. And, of and of his fullness. Have all we received and grace for grace. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. Yeah? For the law was given by Moses. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Which means... Grace and truth has not visited 
So grace and truth came by. So the person that revealed grace and truth to us is Christ, right? But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Mm. Ah, can somebody help me find that scripture that says, eh? Verse 14. Uh-huh. Mm. Say, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, uh-huh. and we beheld her, mm. and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, and I said, full of grace mm. and truth. Mm. Say, full of what? Grace, grace and truth. truth. So what this means is that truth is actually someone. What filled Christ up is content. What is the, the content of Christ is truth. Right? So, and that thing, the, the only place where you can find it is inside Christ. Right? You can't find it anywhere else but inside Christ. Nobody born of a woman was able to carry that much grace. Hmm? Even John, that was before him, not John, John was full of the Holy Ghost right from his mother's womb. He was full. Eh? He was full of what? Right from his mother's womb. He himself was not even, he doesn't carry grace. So which means, grace is not a commodity you can come by by just Holy Ghost alone. Right? Holy Ghost can give you power. Eh? Holy Ghost can give you power. You can access power in God. You can, but when it comes to grace, you can't access it by just the Holy Ghost name. Grace and truth, those two things, the only place you can find them is where? Inside Christ. Where it's coming from is the throne. Because he said, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we what? We might obtain mercy. Grace is flowing from God. Christ is an embodiment of grace. Christ took its full of grace. Because grace is needed if you must enact the New Testament. The New Testament is actually also a grace of is a grace administration. Let me use that word, right? So Christ is what full of grace and truth. So you can't access this truth except Christ. So the only, the only, like I said, the only person that can give you access to grace is the person that owns it, right? Now, grace and truth is not. It's a very beautiful thing everywhere that we talk about grace. We talk mm-hmm. about, you know, many, there are many grace messages that we've had. Me too, I've had many. Mm-hmm. Eh? When I was growing up, I've had many grace. Ah, grace, the grace of God. You know, at some point, although that one was clash, and at some point, some people begin to take the grace of God as a right to sin. Mm-hmm. So, grace of God, there's grace, there's grace. You know, there's so many grace. They talk about the grace of God as. You know, you'll be working so much grace that you begin to prosper in your work, that you begin to prosper, you know, and everything you lay your hands on is the grace of God. So when they even greet you, ah, where do you are? Ah, ah, you know, you are booming. No, ah, it's the grace of God. Right? When you talk about grace, grace is not something 
you administer to people just like that. Because grace comes from the most holy place. Grace comes from the throne. Right? So Christ is full of what? Grace and truth. Because Christ is full of grace and truth. That is why he can now give grace. And then he can give truth. Amen. Truth, truth, truth is the only thing that can deal with Satan's lie. Satan is a what? It's a good liar. Do you know that Satan's lie is cherubic? Satan's lie is angelic. Because Satan's life is angelic, you can't come and deal with his weapon, with a carnal weapon. You can't deal with him. That is why for the weapons of our warfare are not what? They are not carnal. But they are what? To what? To pulling down every, every stronghold. When you pull down every stronghold, you are pulling down, there's one say stronghold. You are talking about mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stronghold. You're talking about mind. The Felmire. Uh-huh. The mind of men. Men's mind have been enslaved. Our mind, do you know that our mind is still enslaved? Yes, sir. Why? Because there's some thoughts we can't think. Spiritually. There's no strength to think it. What allows allow us to begin to think then is because grace begins to come to us. Mm-hmm. Eh? Truth begins to visit. Mm-hmm. And then we begin to think. Do you know why? When God was telling, was speaking through Isaiah, he said, let the wicked man hmm, forsake his ways and the unrighteous man is taught. For my ways are not your ways. And my thought, higher, are not your thought. For my ways, what? And my thought, so as the heavens is far from that, so are my ways. And my thought, higher than your thought. What causes that? That state we are. You notice that thought and way, thought and way is what they begin to talk about. Right? The thought there is that man has been reduced. Do you know that Adam had heavenly thought? He had heavenly thought. Thought that what interacts with are heavenly thought. Amen. They are heavenly thought. They are not... Do you think what Adam was thinking in the garden is how he's going to parent. Hmm? Do, you think Adam, do you think Adam had a problem or, or thought of he wants to have a name? Hmm? Or let a name be, be in, in, in wars? If I want to imagine Adam's thought, I'm, I'm thinking he'll be thinking the tree of life. What's inside that tree? You'll begin to think Angels, heavens. Eh? Adam's thought would probably be heavens. Angel. Okay, the tree of life. None of those thoughts eh, signify any earthly desire or goal. 
what Satan did, Satan is wicked. He made sure that he even put things in our environment for us to be seen so that we can be thinking. He didn't just do that. He now began to condition men to be depending on the natural and depending on them. You notice that men, we are dependent on the natural. We are. We are, it's as if if they take anything on the natural from us, there'll be a problem. Okay, let me just imagine they take out your house. Did that tell you be living outside? Hmm? You notice that when that one happened, ah, problem. Okay, let us say you not become homeless. The one happen is you not begin how to you not be, begin to be thinking. You'll be thinking how to be homed. Mm-hmm. You'll be looking. Okay, let me get a home. You now notice that the man's thought will be centered around his needs. Yeah? Fen hall meet fire. One of Satan's deception is to make sure that men are dependent on their need. Yeah? They are what set things Satan Satan makes sure that our things is dependent on our we are dependent on our need. We are depending on the natural. And anything that wants to defile that is a threat to his life. The moment the, your need does not touch you again, Satan is beginning mm. to is beginning to look for ways to bring more to touch you. Ha! Why, why, why are you not loving this thing again? Ha! What's happening? Because as long as they can do that, they can enslave your mind. Your mind. Any and mind is soul, mind is soul, mm. spirit, soul, body, mind is soul, right? Satan wants to control the soul. He wants to lord over the soul. He's already doing it to some degree. Because he puts sin inside. As long as that is there, he'll look for a way to, to reach out to it. And how? He begins to teach men how to depend on their environment. Depend on your environment. Depend on your needs. Depend on your life. Now, when you now begin to depend on your environment, you now want to be looking at how you can be comfortable around it. Then you begin to look for comfort around the things centered around your environment. And that's, and Satan, and that's, what, that's Satan's trick to enslave men. It doesn't mean that we can't be comfortable. Though. That's what I'm saying. But you now notice that when there's too much emphasis on it, that you can't let it go. Satan is holding something. Ah, I can't let this thing. You can't let the moment you can't let it go is a problem. And it's Satan's stronghold. Amen. Amen. So it's what? Making men depend on the environment, creating strongholds. Mind. And that is why Ina began to teach men how to be what? Carnally minded. So begin to don't 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 be spiritually minded. Continue to be carnally minded. Don't be spiritually minded. Don't be spiritually minded. Be carnal. Be carnal. Be carnal. Be carnal. No, 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 no. Don't look. Why? The moment you begin fell for female, you begin to be spiritually minded in a little way. He knows that there's a threat to his life. Why? Because your gaze will shift and you begin to look to truth. Right? You begin to look to truth. And truth is upon the mountain, on Zion. Truth is on Zion. 
Amen. Truth is there. Christ is beginning to teach truth. What is in my heart? I've not even really gotten there, but I'll see if I can round up quickly. Amen. So Christ gave us what? Christ is full of grace and truth. Christ came with truth, but we don't have access to it. Because that thing, that truth is high. If you can't think higher than the natural, you won't be able to access truth. And that's why there's a provision for men to now begin to be spiritually minded. You mind spiritual things. Like I was saying on Saturday, you know, it's like, like things, things like, like this, meeting, hearing word, is what should be important in our heart. Eh? Not TED Talks. I say TED Talks because we give our soul to many things. There are some things that is more important than word, than life. Hmm? And anything that is more important than the word is more important than life. Right? Because what you gain or what you get when you just come to hear Christ is that you begin to listen, you begin to hear truth that can set you free. Right? But one of the things that Satan does is to exalt other things. Exalt other things above that. Exalt other things. Mm. Exalt other things. One of the ways you know that you are being you are being delivered is that everything mm. else is not exalted above the word anymore. Mm. And it doesn't mean that's the end. Though. I'm just saying, just one of the traces. You now notice that the the exaltation of other things, other things could be as natural as I like meat. Hmm? That's just one. Ah, I just want to eat, 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 eat. When what? Yeah, so when, and how is how you get you? When what come? Meat come? Eh? You prefer to go and eat the meat first before? Ah, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. You now notice that there's a, there's a love struggle. Something is taking your love more than the other. Right? Yes. Ah. When, there's a different situation where, you know, you don't have a choice, you know, different things, but when you say they place, they place the two options before you, and by default, what you tend to us is the natural. That means that thing is still stronger than the life inside. Amen. But what heaven is teaching us is how to begin to lay down those things. Amen. Praise God. So, Christ came with truth. Then what happens? When we now begin to access truth is when we begin to be spiritually minded. Amen. Satan doesn't want us to access truth. I'm just rushing quickly. Satan doesn't want us to access truth because truth is the solution to the lie that the soul has believed. Amen. Then what happens? When we begin to learn truth, that is when now God begins to send his light. Then we're going to begin to what? Send his light. God begin to send you his light. What happens is that before you get to the bottom of the mountain, you are already using a light. Mm. The light you are using there is still the light of this world. Though you are a Christian, you are born again, but you are not using a superior light. 
And you know light is the way of life. Amen. Light is what? Is the way of life. If we read John 1 quickly. Hopefully I round up fast. I read from verse, verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. It was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Yeah? That lighted every man that cometh into the world. That lighted every man that cometh into the world. Which means, if a man must come into the world and live, you must have light. Right? That lighted every man that cometh into the world. Right? Uh, let, me, let me read it further. So that was it. I don't know what. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came, not, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bear witness. Sorry. John bear witness of him. And cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have, have, we, have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man had seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he had declared him. And this is the record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then art thou, Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then say, said they unto him, Who art thou? What we may give, that we may give answer to them that sent us. What said thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make sure the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? If there be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet. Just reading quickly uh, to the part. Amen. I'm still in that place I was trying to read. But, uh, or maybe I've passed it. Say, but men love darkness rather than light. Mm. Sorry? And it was John, I think it was John 1. But men, they love darkness 
rather than light. Was that, do you know where that is? Past that place already. It's verse three nineteen. Mm-hmm. Chapter three nineteen. Yeah. Nothing ahead. Okay. Yes. Yeah, chapter three. Chapter three, verse nineteen. I said, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, mm-hmm. and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. evil. How they loved darkness, rather than that, is by their deeds. Mm-hmm. Right? So the expression of their, of their love, of what they love, what they want, is by their deeds. But what they love is darkness. Mm-hmm. And what they, were, what they were doing is darkness. And what men do is their life, like the way of life. So, that's what, so they love darkness rather than light. So instead of living the light... They were living darkness. Amen. Mm. So which means man is configure, configured to love darkness mm. naturally. Mm. Right? So that's the need for God to begin to send light. Right? So God began to send light. So when we get born again, we, we, the light we are using is still the normal light. I mean, of us know that when you talk about Zion, right? You are talking about the second heaven. Amen. Mm-hmm. When you talk about Zion, you talk about what? The second heaven. Mm-hmm. But before you get to the second, you must have passed through the first. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, when you are talking about Zion, which is the second heaven, you know there's first, second, third. The same way the tabernacle is the outer court, holy place, most holy. Now, when you begin to line them up, the outer court is synonymous or is similar to the first heaven. The holy place is what? Second heaven. Inside the holy place, that's when you now begin to see a different... How many of us know the tabernacle? How many of us have, 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 have uh, learned the tabernacle? Amen. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Okay, okay. I feel like I need to explain that part. But okay, I'll, do, I'll, I'll talk about it briefly, and then maybe <laughs> maybe next time. Amen. Because I'm looking to round up quickly. Amen. Oh Lord Jesus. So. In the tabernacle, we have the, the second heaven, and the, uh, we have the, the, second, the holy place, which is the second heaven, the most holy place, which is the third heaven. Now, how you begin to line them up is, you talk about second heaven, you talk about the holy place, right? When you're talking about holy place, you talk about Christ's sanctuary, right? Open Hebrews, um, I guess I'll use that, Hebrews chapter 9. I use that quickly to just mention the tabernacle, but the tabernacle there is a there is a design that God gave Moses, right? So God told Moses, see that you build it according to the pattern shown to you, right? Because 
the earthly tabernacle was actually a replica of the heavenly tabernacle. You notice most of the things that God found fell to my, and most of the things that God begins to give out. You notice they are in three. Holy place, most holy, outer court, holy, most holy. When you, begin, when you talk about God's throne, too, it's, it's, it's divided into three. The outer court, the holy place, the most holy. Right. Then when you now begin, when you now talk about the the heavens, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. I'm not surprised man is pretty so body. And you know they call the man temple. Temple. Huh? They call man temple. So if a man is a temple, then most that means a man have the outer court too. Your flesh. Holy place. Hmm? Which is the the way to the most holy, which is the holy place, your soul. Most holy spirit. Hmm? I'm just aligning. I'm just trying to put those in line. But God, the way God, the, 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 how you proceed into God is outer court, holy place, most holy. Amen. Now, the outer court is the place where commas stay. Who are the commas? Israel. Father, I am too mad. Hmm? The holy place is reserved for priests and sons. Right? So the outer court. Now, outside the court, you know they call it outer court. Those who are outside the court, they are still exposed to the natural light. When you are not, when you are not in the holy place, you are still exposed to what? To the natural light. You don't have... A, a light. The light inside the tabernacle is superior to the light that is outside. Now, what begins to rule outside is what we call the moon and the sun. Amen. You know, the moon and the sun is the light that canal men use. Why? The moment the sun is up, everybody must wake up. Then that that's that's what that's the light of men. What controls men is the light, the sun and the moon. Right? Moon is the light to rule the night, right? Sun to rule the day. That's what they begin to use. They begin to use. They begin to use that. They don't use a different sight. They don't. Their sight, which means their understanding. You can't talk about sight and you can't talk and not talk about understanding, right? So when you begin to talk about sight, you begin to talk about understanding. Amen. Amen. Hi. By God's grace, I'm hoping in the next 15 minutes, I'll finish. Amen. Mm-hmm. You begin to talk about what? Understanding. So the light outside, that means when we get born again, we are still using that light. Our light is not different. Some of us, when we check it, we're still using yes, that light. Sir. Hmm? We are still using that light. Mm-hmm. There are some wisdoms we are still mm-hmm. using. We know that wisdom is from the sun and the moon. Yes. Why? Because we, we gain that wisdom from the world. Mm-hmm. Eh? And those wisdoms that can almost seem spiritual, but they are not. Amen. So there is a light that is the provision outside the court is what rule men. The light you are exposed to is what begins to rule you. Is what you use for life. Amen. 
Please let me open Hebrews so that I'll read it and explain that. Hebrews 9, please. Verse 1. Hebrews 9 from verse 1. Yes. Then verily the first com- covenant had also ordinances of divine service, service. Mm-hmm. and a worldly sanctuary. And a worldly what? Sanctuary. And a worldly sanctuary. That and a worldly sanctuary is talking about the tabernacle that Moses built. So there's a sanctuary there called the holy place. But go ahead. For there was a tabernacle made. Mm-hmm. The first wherein was the candlestick. So there was a tabernacle made. See, this tabernacle that he's talking about is now beginning to talk about the utensils of the, the utensils inside the holy place. He's not talking about the outer court now. Amen. Mm-hmm. So the design is God began... There's no, there's no, there's no, if I want, if I really want to continue, I will explain this tabernacle small. God designed the tabernacle in such a way that depending on where you are, depending on your shortcoming, you have distance to which you can journey to. Amen. So the design is this. They are, they are in the world, Abby. But then, in, in, out of this old world, they now make a court. Inside that court is where all Israel can gather. Mm. Unbelievers cannot come inside that court. They can't because they are not Israel. You can only come there if you are Israel. You won't even, why will you even come? Do you even know who God is? If you're not Israel, will you know the God? You won't. So you can't even come there. Now, notice that the light there that is ruling everybody there is the same. The sun, the moon. Right? So everybody, although there is still demarcation, if you're an unbeliever, you can't come inside the court. Which means if you're not Israel. An unbeliever simply means you're not Israel. If you're Israel, it means you're a believer. Right? So what makes an Israel is that you have believed. You've done the word, the first believing. So you have believed. You are now an Israeli. You are a people of God. Right? So when you are an Israel, you move into the... You are, you are able to come into the court. But you can't still come in there every time. You come there once a year. Right? Why? Because once a year you come, let us all go and offer our sacrifices so that they can cover our sin. Fefel man, right? You don't come there every, every time. You come there once a year. Or if you have to offer any, maybe you don't, you've, you've, you've done one even, you have to, okay, we, we are bringing our ram. Eh? Please help us atone. Right? You don't come there if you have no business there. And the reason why you are able, able to come is what God called you there. Because God called them that once a year, they must all gather. That commandment is actually a calling. Hmm. Once a year, you must all gather and come and then offer sacrifices. Right? So they come to the, tab- to the court. And then after the court, then they now, they're going to begin to give Moses. 
Although, if you go to it, it's Exodus chapter 25, read to 31, then you begin to see the, the, the specs that God began to give. Read Exodus 25 to 30, 30 31-ish. Amen. So in Exodus, eh, around 19, God called Israel. Israel come. They said, no, Moses, go. You cannot come there. Go on, go on. Whatever he tells you, come and tell us. Then when Moses went up, he came down. I saw the nonsense they were doing. He went back up after he dealt with them and all that. And then God began to give him the law. And then God now told him uh, that he should build a tabernacle and he must build it according to the pattern that is shown to him. Mm. Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days. He was in the cloud. And then God was just talking to him. Amen. Then God told him, take he gave him the, the design of the tabernacle first. He said, take uh, fine linen, badger skin, goat skin, right? Take it to, for the covering of the tent. Now I began to tell him, okay, take boards to build the walls of the tabernacle. And then when you take the board, then he now told him, build, take and build the hack. So he built the hack of the covenant. Build the ark of the covenant, then come into the most holy, then build the table of the shewbread, and then now make the, the lamp stand. Amen. Then after you make the lamp stand, now go outside, go and make the brazen altar. Mm-hmm. So the brazen altar is where Israel will come and then they will begin to sacrifice their goods. I'm just this one I'm just telling us quickly, but because of time. But hopefully, God allows, I will explain this as um, God inspires. Amen. So God now told him to build that. And then I began to tell him about the garment of the priest that can come. Then God told him about the garment. After that, he now began to tell him again of the altar of incense that should be in the most holy place. And then the brazen lava outside the court where the Aaron's son will wash before they come into the most holy place. Amen. Amen. All, those, all those things are ordinances that actually typify our journey. Again, I will mention, if we now look at the holistic picture, there is the outer court, right? Outside the court, inside there, near the entrance of the tabernacle, you will see the, the brazen lava. In front of the brazen lava is the brazen altar. We say brazen altar, it just means that altar was made with brass. And then that lava was made with brass also. What is inside there is water. So they offer sacrifices, then they go to the brazen altar, to the brazen lava, then wash. Now that wash, washing, signifies cleansing. Right? They have to wash to cleanse them before you can move into the holy place. Now, inside the holy place, to the north, I believe, to the north is the table of the shoe bread. That table keeps bread, bread, bread. Facing it is now where we have the lamp stand called the seven golden candlestick. Then, when you now move towards the entrance of the most holy, you now see the altar of incense. Then there's a veil. Then you now move into the most holy, and then you now see the Ark of the Covenant. See, all those things you are seeing 
are actually things that 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 explains how you would journey to God. How you must be able to come to the court. Oh. Amen. <laughs> that was gone. You must be able to come to the word, to the court. So the first coming to the court is that God has called you. You are born again. You are now beginning to use the name of the Holy Ghost. You are outside the court. You are still a comma. You are still a what? It's a blessing to be a comma. Right? A comma is one that can enter the court. Israel, all Israel are called commas. But there is something better than a comma. Yeah? There is Aaron, the priest, and his sons. Aaron, the high priest, his sons also are kind of a priest. But then we have the high priest. Hmm? We have the priest, we have the high priest. Only the high priest can move into the most holy. If you are not a high priest, you have no business coming there. If you, if you come there, they'll just, they won't even be able to carry you out. You, they won't be able to. It's a very funny, interesting arrangement. This, you know that, that Israel, they fear that arrangement. They fear that arrangement because there is there's what spirit around that thing. He said, if anyone offends without the authority, they die. <laughs> you know that, that's how terrible it is. Yeah? With two or three witnesses, you offend, you are dead. That's how terrible because they call raw presence was there, and there was no mercy, no grace, nothing. So, because a priest can't see a dead body. So if it, the only priest that can enter there can't even see a dead body, he can't come and save you. And what you what you even do if you do that is you you destroy service. Priests can't come and save you. Nobody else can come. Priests can't see a dead body. They have to look for a way to get you out. Tidy, maybe you tie the eye of the priest because the priest can't even touch a dead body. So if the priest can't touch and then you went to go and do anyhow. They will have to be praying for glory of God to throw you out of that place. Mm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Because nobody can get you. Mm. So you can now see why God himself is careful mm. on how he brings you near him. Why? Because he's merciful. For our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. So when you are outside the court, then you are now coming. When you are coming, when you are coming, then you get to a point, you'll be able to enter the holy place as God calls you in. When God calls you in, how God calls you in, and God begins to send his light to you. Amen. God will have to make you see that there's a different light you can use apart from this one. Even though a believer is different from an unbeliever, he's still under the same light. They can manage them because they are God's boots, they can't have a higher wisdom than them. It's the same wisdom, all of them, both believers, it's the same wisdom, grace, they all have. Because the light will determine your wisdom. Then what happens? Then God begins, I'm ending, God begins to invite you into the Moses by sending wisdom to you. And then that wisdom is now called. Uh, how do I put it? 
when God send wisdom to you, that's when you now begin to interact with the light that is in the most holy. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, there's what? A seven golden candlestick in the holy place, right? Now that seven golden candlestick, what is used for is they light it. They light it so that it light is the light that lightens the holy place. That is the light that the priests use. Amen. That is the light that the priests use. Because you don't the priest inside the holy place does not use the sun and the moon. They begin to use the light of the holy place called the seven golden candlestick. Amen. Praise God. So that light is a superior light than the normal light. That light is not a carnal light. Why? For you to be to be to even think that light, like I said, you must be what spiritually minded. Mm-hmm. Spiritually minded, you must have had some wisdom tell you that ah, there's something better than this one. That that simple thought is called being spiritually minded, because it, be, it begins it, it begins to mm. because that that holy place is a spiritual place. Yes. It yes. begins to open your side, yes. holy place. There's a spiritual be spiritually minded, then you you can then begin to interact with the light that is in the holy place. Mm. Amen. Amen. So that light fell on. That light be, is what gives you what? Entrance. Mm-hmm. That's where I'll stop. That's what I've been trying to, to say since. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You're laughing. <laughs> yeah. that's, what I, that's where I've been trying to journey to. That light is now what gives you entrance, right? When I say entrance, because you have to enter the holy place, right? So when that light begins to come to you, is the invitation into the holy place that gives entrance to the holy place. Without that light, you can't enter there. So that light is what gives what? Entrance. So that light begins to call you so that you can come into the holy place. So let's open Psalm 119 so that we can end. And that will be the end of it tonight. Oh, I say you. Psalm one nineteen, and that's it. And now, Psalm one nineteen, verse. Is it 103? Yeah. Oh, Lord Jesus. 130. Let me read it. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto unto the the simple. So the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. 
like I said, God begins to send light to you. So the entrance of thy word giveth light. So what I want to uh, translate what this means spiritually is how you get entrance is that the word of God begins to open up to you. Amen. And when the word of God begins to open up, entrance begins to come. How? By light. It is the light of the scripture that begins to open up the, the word to you. And that one is what we call revelation. And without revelation, the entrance of that word, revelation, reveals truth. And if that doesn't come, there's no access to truth. Amen. Amen. And that is why God is beckoning us to come. And then he's giving us his light. And that light is the light that is beginning to shine from the top of Zion. Remember Psalm 50. Mm. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. So that light that is shining on top of Zion is a light that is beginning to give you entrance from the bottom. It's shining. That light is a calling. Like I said, as it's shining, when you're at the bottom, you're seeing the light. And that's when you now begin to climb. Begin to climb and begin to climb Zion. That is the beckoning into the holy place. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are we blessed tonight? Yes. Amen. Uh, because of time, I will stop here. And as God helps us, we'll continue. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Does anybody have any question? No question? Okay. Let us begin to thank God for tonight. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. Masete yebragadadoshtia, embragadito, umbrata, umbrata, vencilia, emprakastefelino moshete, enzi, 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 embalagadoshta, embalagatostia, embagalatostia, hivata, 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 hebraya vazontaya, hebravadagadagadagadoshtia. Father, we thank you. Father, I will give you praise. Father, I will give you praise. Let's just begin to pray for entrance tonight. That, because entrance is given from grace to grace, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I just pray that God will begin to bless us with entrances, and that our soul will begin to enter blessings that begin to bring us to a, a spiritually mind. To be spiritually minded, entrance into the spirit. Let's pray for entrance tonight. Messelia, Emperor, Emperor, entrance. The entrance will be given into the world. That the entrance of his world begin to bring light, light of his salvation, light of his life. In the name of Jesus. Emperor, 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 Emperor. Emplacasti, Emplacasti, Hebregelegelegelegelosti, Hebrasti. Thank you, Father. Entrance into your world. Entrance, entrance into your world. Festo Praina. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the entrance of that word that gave it light. We ask, Father, 
that you would send your light to us even to illuminate all that is in us in the name of Jesus. Father, it is by your light that we come into you. Father, we ask for the blessing of your light that your light will be sent to us to bring us your salvation in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray tonight for the grace to begin to access your light the way we should, the way we should inherit Christ, that you begin to grace our heart to access them in the name of Jesus. Let our heart begin to access your light as you have intended in the name of Jesus. We pray for every heart, even, even listening, even that we hear this, that as by your grace, every year, hearing this, we begin to experience your entrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Let hearts begin to enter. Let hearts begin to see. Let us begin to see a better promise behind the veil in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer tonight. Thank you for your word, for in Jesus' mighty name we are praying. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.